Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of the Steelers Preview. It's a special Christmas Eve episode. If you're watching live on Facebook or on YouTube, you see I got the little Santa hat on, and my co-host and fellow co-editor, Dave Schofield, he's joining me in the festivities with his Steelers Santa hat. What's up, Dave? How's it going? It's a festivist miracle. No, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's going. I'm busy. It is super busy this time of year. But here we are. Let's talk some Steelers. No days off, right? No days. No, off. we missed we missed Festivus yesterday. It was Festivus. Yeah. Uh, festivus for the rest of us. And you know, someone asked me. My wife asked, like, she's on a Seinfeld fan, and she says, "What what are you all talking about?" And I was like, "Well, to be honest with you, like, Festivus is so much, <laughs> so much for the Seinfeld fan." Um, feats of strength is not my favorite part of festivals. It's the airing of grievances. And we're going to air a lot of grievances about the Pittsburgh Steelers in this episode. I've got a lot of problems with you people as George's dad said, uh, famously in that episode of Seinfeld. Anyways, I want to take the time to say, say to all of our fans, uh, Steeler fans everywhere to have a, a very Merry Christmas. We wish you nothing but the best. Um, our coverage, both on the podcast side and on behind the will not stop. Uh, we will be with like tomorrow morning, Friday, Christmas morning. You wake up. If you wake up early with the kids and you're feeling like you're just stuck in a rut, my Let's Ride will be there for you to listen to. So if you want to get away and just let the kids play with their toys and you can sit there and tune into me for 30 minutes, we'll be there. I will be there for sure. Nothing will change on that side of things. So just to give you a quick heads up, uh, but Merry Christmas. I'm sure, Dave, you echo that, correct? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> All right. What he said. Yeah. 
So we're doing this we show. We're missing the- someone. We 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 got it. We are, we yeah. No, no Brian Anthony Davis. So you're obviously if you're tuning in, there's no triumphant trio. It's just a dynamic duo, and that's because Brian Anthony Davis waited to the last minute to do a lot of stuff, and he's running around Mer- Western Maryland, probably like a chicken with his head cut off. I imagine a less fit Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jingle all the way. That's kind of like Brian today, just running around elbowing people. I don't know where he is, what he's doing, but we wish him a Merry Christmas. I'm sure he's having fun. Um, no, he's probably not. <laughs> no. We do miss him. We know you all miss him, but yeah. we of course miss him. But at the same time, we're like, Brian, you need to you need yeah, to enjoy this time of year. Don't start right, the holiday off. Don't start the holiday off all sorts of stressed and all that. That's just not good for anybody. Ryan O'Toole gives us $5. Thank you, Ryan. He says, Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks yet for another show. No, thank you for tuning in. You're one of the loyal ones. Um, and, and you know what, to be honest with you, a lot of loyal ones. I mean, things cannot be worse for the Steelers right now. And yet we still have people that are tuning in. That means we're doing something right, you know, but this is weird. You know, I'm sitting here. I got my, I got got my cup of coffee still. Um, it's in the middle of the day. We're normally at night, but we're in the middle of the day here, Christmas Eve talking about the Steelers and here's shield 91. Another one of our loyal, uh, viewers. He says, $10. Thank you. Shield. He said, Merry Christmas guys out shopping like a twit, but I wanted to say thank you for your hard work this year. Super thankful. Here we go. Steelers. Thank you. Shield. Hey, remember shopping on Christmas Eve, not for the twits, but you get, you're going to have to battle some people. All right. So remember elbows up, like you're going into the yep. boards in hockey elbows up, be aggressive. Bo- be aggressive. Like you're boxing out. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Be aggressive. Mr. and Mr. Steeler give us five dollars and Merry Christmas Eve. All I'm I'm pulling a Brian too, and my homemade biscuits are not going as well as Jeff's wife's too. <laughs> Those are awesome. My wife's gotten into sourdough, but that's a whole different thing altogether. And Dave's, sorry, that was, that was my reminder to pick my son up from preschool, <laughs> which he does not have today. But I didn't welcome, turn it off. I'm welcome sorry. to amateur hour, folks. Here on the Steelers preview. All right. Oh my all- goodness, <laughs> hey, I have to say one more thing. We're going to dive into Steelers. But we're saying Merry Christmas Eve to everyone. But we actually get to say this. Merry Christmas to our boys down under. It is already Christmas for them. It's probably in the middle of the night for them. They're probably not up yet or haven't gone to bed yet. One of the two. Um, So I don't expect to see them there. But we can actually say Merry Christmas to them because it is Christmas Day in the summertime down south. So it's so weird. I mean, just because you you don't even think about it, you know. I listen to all the Christmas podcasts that we've done. Um, and if you haven't checked those out, like I've, I really, really appreciate the team that we have on the podcast side for actually doing those because for a lot of people, it's kind of stepping out of your comfort zone. Now I got to be honest, Kevin's, uh, did ran today. I have not listened to that one yet. Um, but I got to learn so much more about guys like Jeffrey Benedict, uh, even Michael Beck, uh, Dave Schofield, who I know very well, I feel, but I, I still learned the stuff about him and his big brother, Rich and all that. They have been great. We are going to put all of those into one neat package on the website Christmas Day for if in case you missed one, you can go back and check them. They're not long, maybe max 15 minutes, but I tell you what, good listening. It's it's t- take a listen to this. Let's I start get off caught up. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah, let's start off with the uh the news this week. I I got to be honest, I wrote an article that's going to run on the website here Thursday at uh, 1:30 and it was about Ben Roethlisberger every Wednesday meets with the media. He's always done that. He picks the day Wednesday, and that's when he meets with the media, whether it's via Zoom, whether it's with cameras in front of his face as it was in the past. He That's when he meets the media. And he brought up 
how the Steelers had a players only offensive meeting on, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday, I guess. I didn't see a date specifically, but there were a lot of people. There were a lot of people on Twitter, on Facebook, and people that you just, you, you see, like even in the media, just getting ready to like say, oh my gosh, they're hitting the panic button. This is desperation mode, players only meeting. Okay, here was my gist of the article, and I, Dave, I want to get your opinions. I would rather them have a players only meeting have it be a come to Jesus meeting. That's fine with me. Then them do nothing. Honestly, goodness. And now Ben said, Ben said, agree. Ben said, now this wasn't a panic mode meeting. It was literally just, Hey, we're getting into this stretch. He said at one point, he asked how many of you all have ever played in a playoff game and only half of the guys on the offensive side of the ball have raised their hands. So they were just kind of like, Hey, what's going to happen in these next few weeks is it's going to ramp up. Like things are going to intensity is going to ramp up. We got to be prepared. I don't care for me. I say, I would rather them do something than do nothing. I don't want to see the, the Steelers gutting in front of microphones like Marquise Pouncey spoke with the media this morning and just saying, yeah, we're fine. We'll be okay. You're not fine. You haven't scored 20 points since you played in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. That was the last time you put up 20 points. It's been, what, four games since then, I think? and it's It's awful. Honestly, if they did nothing, I'd be more upset than I would be with them having a players-only meeting. Dave, what do you think? I agree. And here's what's crazy. That Jacksonville game, do you remember being a little bit disappointed that they didn't get to 30 points? Yes. Yeah. You were at, you were at my house watching the game. Over 20. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. What, 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 what's, what's happening here? No, this needed to be more about what's going on. And you know what? I'm hoping that it actually was. And they just, that's just not what they're going to talk about. I, I, if I were to bet, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but if I were to bet, I would say their recent struggles came up. And they, but they might have even talked about how let's not talk about our struggles. Let's keep it focused on everything moving forward. This is how we're going to fix it. We got to right the ship. I'm sure, you know, if I were to bet on it, that that's something that they talked about. But they said, but we're not going to talk about it to the media. We're going to keep the focus moving forward. But this is what we need to do as a team to right this ship. I would not be one bit surprised if that happened in this meeting. But they don't have to tell us about it. And they probably said, we're not going to talk about it. I could it, be wrong. but It should yeah, have happened. Right. It should have happened. I yeah. mean, I, in my article, I, I, I got the GIF online because it reminded me of if everything was fine. You know, and Dave, I think your mic's, you're wrong. You're using the wrong mic, by the way. Um, really? But for me, it, it reminded me of the scene from Animal House. If you've ever seen the movie Animal House, where Kevin Bacon's character is standing there, the parade's going nuts. It's at the end of the movie. He's like, all is well. Remain calm. And it's just chaos all around him. That That's what I would have thought it would have been like if Ben Roethlisberger would have come out and said, we're fine. The offense is fine. We, we just feel like we're not doing our jobs. We got to just execute. That's exactly what it would have looked like to me. And I, it's not. It's not fine. There's nothing about it that's fine. Okay, so keep that in mind. All right, just for fans out there that might say, oh, my gosh, they're panicking. Maybe they should panic a little bit. Maybe there should be some desperation. That is important. All right, Dave, you still with me? Am I any better? Yeah, there you go. You got it. You got it. Snowman gives us $10. And he says, Merry Christmas to the BTSE family. Thank you for all you do to BTSE family. Merry Christmas. May you all have a great day. Same to you, Snowman. Thank you very much for the tip and the kind words. We appreciate it. Um, 
let's see here. Uh, All right. So let's talk about some other news. Vince Williams is back. He got taken off COVID-19. He's missed the last two games. Dave, in your opinion, how, how important is this? How important is Vince Williams being back? It's very important, but I'm also cautiously optimistic about it. And it has nothing to do with Vince Williams' ability. It has everything to do with we don't want to put so much on the return of Williams when we don't know how well he's going to be recovered from COVID-19 because it does not affect everyone the same. He did. We, we talked about his tweet that came out that talked about how it was, you know, how his lungs felt due to everything. We don't know that we're going to get the same Vince Williams. We're still not sure that we, that we're getting the same Stefan to it since he was dealing. I don't know if he ever tested, if he had symptoms or not, but we don't know after these players have this virus, how they are going to play immediately coming back from it. So I'm optimistic for everything with Vince Williams, but we can't just say, oh, Vince being back is going to fix, you know, okay. where they ran the ball so much. Let me ask you, uh, let me follow this up with this question. Is a 75% Vince Williams an improvement over Marcus Allen? That is a great question that I don't know that I have the answer to. That. <laughs> Come on. No, but that might that that might be the right ratio. That might that might be the equal the equality. A if he can just if he can just be in there for run stopping, let yes. Marcus Allen be in sub packages. Yeah. Let Vince Williams go in there and stop the run, come downhill, tackle the ball carrier. That's what he does well, anyways. I feel like seventy five percent Vince Williams playing seventy five percent of the snaps, possibly or less. I think that's okay. It's an easy ease him back in. Stefan to it, like you mentioned, he was thrown back in, and it was. The, the hey, you're jumping on a moving train to use Mike Tomlin's Tomlinism. He they didn't ease him back in. They didn't have Henry Mondo or someone like that playing, you know, more snaps than usual. Stefan Tuit came back and he was playing immediately right away. So keep that in mind too. But yeah. okay, we got some super chats here. Mrs. and Mr. Steelers give us a five dollars. The offense should panic because poo is the word. <laughs> He's referring yeah. to Ben Roethlisberger saying that the uh, Steelers offense is poo. <laughs> He said that's dad, dad of young kids. <laughs> that's how you're going to talk, right, Jeff? Yeah, I, I probably would have said something else. I wouldn't have cursed, but I would have wouldn't have said poo. Um, Kurt Von A gives us five dollars. Says Merry Christmas, love your content. I would like a strong running game for Christmas. I would too. I would too. I mean, I've never been that guy that says, you know, oh well, they they need to do this and that. If they could come out and just run the ball well, that would be fantastic. Go ahead. Something about that. If this would have been if if week I'm not get my weeks but if week fifteen the 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 rushing output they had with it was a total of what eighty six or eighty seven somewhere right around there um, that was their rushing total um, uh, against the Bengals if they would have had that rushing total in week six how disappointed would we have been in their rushing output and here we are now because of everything I mean they had. They had over 100 yards against Jacksonville, and I don't think they had over 65 in any of the other six games in that stretch until they hit this one. So that's why we're we were saying, well, it's it's improved, but it's only improved relative to how bad it had been the second half of the season. Yeah. So speaking of numbers, since you bring up numbers, just off the top of my head before I get to the super chat, someone in the live chat said this earlier, and I w- I'd like you to look this up, Dave. It doesn't have to be immediately. 
Okay. Someone said that Juju Smith-Schuster has not recorded a 100-yard game since Antonio Brown left the Steelers. Since he left the Steelers. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I know he doesn't have one this year. No. And so I'm thinking of 2019. Did he have? I don't know that he had one last year because he was dealing with injuries. So it could very well be the case. Isn't that damning, though? I mean, that is a damning statistic if that's factual. But I'll get to this super chat while you look that up. Felicia gives us $20. Thank you very much, Felicia, for the tip. We appreciate it. She said, here's $20 to saying goodbye to 2020 and praying for a better new year. You guys have been a bright spot in the Steelers journey. God bless you all. Shout out to my buddies, Snowman, Steeler Chick 46, Rodney, Crete, and Kathy. Thank you, Felicia. Merry Christmas to you. God bless you as well. Keep safe. Stay strong. And Keep rooting for the Steelers. Like, I know you will because you're a diehard. People that still join us for all these shows, they are diehards for sure. So, all right. Now, I think the San Francisco game was the one game last year I was curious about. Dave, you have that number? I have that number. That number is not correct. Okay. So, he did have have had one 100 yard receiving game since Antonio Brown was not. Sorry. Was that in San Francisco? What's that? Was that, what is that in San Francisco? That is that is not the game. I was going to ask you, do you know what the game was? Hmm. I will give you a hint. It's is also it the only game in, I'll tell you, it was in 2019, but it was also the only game where the Steelers had a 100-yard rusher all last season. Ooh. Was it at home? It was at home. Was it in prime time? <laughs> it was in prime time. Was it against the Bengals on Monday night? No, it was not. Uh, it was, I, I was at the game. Miami. I was not at that one. Miami. It was Miami. He had 103 receiving yards. Still, though, that's incredible. He's only had one 100 yard receiving game since Antonio Brown left. Yeah. I mean, in his last game that he played with Antonio Brown was the game where he fumbled at the end against the Saints. He had 115 yards in that game. But then the next yeah. week with Noah AB, he only had 37. And then since then, and that 103 yards, no joke. That was one week after he had seven yards against the Rams. Well, I say one, sorry, two weeks, one game, because they had a buy in between. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, still, man. He's had a couple. He had a six yarder the last game against Baltimore last year and a six yarder the first game against Cleveland this year because they didn't need to call on him there. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, he only had, I mean, yeah, he only had 15 yards this past game. It's, yeah. Very up and down. And it and this kind of makes me wonder what his market value is going to be after 2020. I yeah. mean, he, he, in my opinion, I think he's a great player. I think he fits a scheme well, but not every scheme. He's not your plug and play guy. He's not a, I'm going to take Juju Smith-Schuster. He's the best receiver, I think, on the open market. I'm going to take him and put him here and he's going to be productive. I don't think he's that type of player. I just think it's a, it, that's really strange, and we'll talk about this more after the season as we gear up towards free agency and stuff like that, but that's something to keep in the back of your mind. That's a really good stat. Whoever brought that up earlier, this was really early in the show I saw it. Thank you. That was a really good really good uh, stat dive there. Yeah. Speaking of, let's keep with the offense. Say, I did miss one thing. What's up? Hey, Felicia. <laughs> Very nice. There you go. Um, I, I do think that, um, you know, Speaking of the offense, I, I did listen to your your um, Scobro show mm-hmm. as I was wrapping presents the other night. Great show, by the way. 
it's become very obvious what's going on with the Steelers offense in terms of what are the issues. We know Ben Roethlisberger's an issue. We know defenses have caught up to the short passing game, but anyone can sit there and, and scream this stuff from the mountaintops. But what is the fix? And that's the headline of this episode is fixing the Steelers offense is not an easy task. So Dave, you're a football guy used to coach the game in your opinion. What do the Steelers have to do to fix this offense? And please don't say play harder. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's part of it. I mean, honestly, if they'd have played harder against Cincinnati, they win the game. I mean, honestly. Yeah, but what fix the offense, Dave, is what I'm asking. Fix the offense. I mean, I don't know that this is such an easy fix because I think it goes. The answer goes against everything that we've seen from this Pittsburgh Steelers coaching staff over the last several years. And I mentioned this someone's GoBro show, and that was this the and you can't do the same things in weeks one and two and think that that stuff is going to work in weeks 16 and 17 if you've done it the whole way in between. Yeah, you have to have basically. I'm going to say no less than, I'm going to say no less than, even four would probably be on the low end, probably five or six completely different offensive philosophies that you have to implement throughout the season because you have to change up these things. The Steelers have, the Steelers, the problem with Steelers offense, I think, is the exact same thing that the Steelers defense thinks that they can do against other teams. And that is, you put it on tape, we're going to figure out how to stop it. The Steelers have put everything on tape. They're not putting new stuff on tape. You know, some people say maybe they're doing that on purpose because of the playoffs. If that's the case, then the Steelers only have like three offensive philosophies at most for the season. They're saving the third one for the postseason. They're not coming up with enough things that they can do and execute well. I don't know if it's because of the coaching. I don't know if it's because they their players are so veteran. They have to get them recovered or they're not going to be able to play the next week that they can't implement stuff during the week. I'm not sure, but it seems like I'm so I've said it. I am so tired of saying this. I'm tired of hearing coach Tallman saying, we don't need to make wholesale changes. We just need to do what we do better. No, you don't. Cause you can do the best you can do, but teams have figured it out. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if you are the best shooter in basketball from the three-point land at the top of the key. That's your spot, and you can hit it every time. You know what defenses are going to do? They're never going to give you an open look at the top of the key. They're going to make you shoot from somewhere else. So you either got to figure out to shoot from somewhere else, or you're just not going to get it done, and you're just going to have to play defense and hope that you can win the game, you know, four to two in basketball. You know what I'm saying? And that's not going to be the answer either. So because everyone that wanted to rip on the defense, like I continue to say, they gave up one drive in that whole game, one drive of over 40 yards. You can't ask a team to have to give up zero drives of more than 40 yards in a game in order for you to be able to win it. You have to do enough on the other side of the ball to win. So I just think they don't have enough options of different things to do because their tendencies have become so apparent, even to the fan base, that – other teams knows what these tendencies are, and that's why they're convincing Ben Roethlisberger to throw into triple coverage and not to the guy running wide open across the field because they've showed him something to make him think that that's where he's going to need to throw the ball. 
and then they fix and then they cover it. I, I don't know what that fix is other than just stop being stubborn and say, we've just got to start doing crazier things. Uh, not even crazier things. Yeah, I was gonna say, things. It doesn't have to be crazy. Just I, different I, things. When people think, when people say like, okay, what needs to change? Like what do they just need to change? Well, wholesale changes are not going to happen at this juncture in the season. They're just not. So what I think needs to change is they need to, and I say they, the Steelers, they need to not be predictable in certain situations. And Dave, this is something you and your brother, Rich talked about on the Scobro show. And that is that in certain downs and distances, the Steelers are ridiculously predictable. Yes. They just need to change it up in certain certain situations. What you like to do on third and seven out of this formation, don't think that the Steelers that are opposing defenses aren't looking at this tape and saying on third and six and seven, when they come out in 11 or 12 personnel, they like to do this. Yeah. And the Steelers have come out on third and six and seven in 11 and 12 personnel and done exactly that. It reminds me of, I've said this on my let's ride podcast for those that are hockey fans. Okay. That like the penguins, this reeks of Dan Bilesma. Dan Bilesma was the coach that came in for Michelle Terrian in 2009. And he brought in an offensive scheme that was different and they won a Stanley cup with it. Okay. They, that's when they beat, um, they beat the Red Wings, and, and so they, they win a Stanley Cup that year. And it was great. It was phenomenal. But you know what the problem was is that as he progressed and became – he was obviously a, a, a tenured head coach in the NHL. He never adjusted. He never changed. You would hear him giving speeches to the team saying, we just have to go out and play our game, take our game to them. And in some respects, I get it. But in other times, and especially in the game of football, you have to adjust. You have to be able to adjust. And if you can't adjust, look at what happens. I don't have to say this will happen. It's look at what happens. The Steelers are a perfect example of what happens when you don't adjust. Dave, you wanted to say something? Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, how many times do we see the Steelers come out? You know, it's it's third and three, and we know exactly what they're going to do. But at the same time, then when they do try to fix the, the, the rare occasion, when they do switch it up, they executed so poorly. We're like, oh, what are they doing? Why don't they just do this other stuff that's working? So we are, as fans, we are very outcome-based in our opinions. Yes. If the Steelers, you know, if they weren't switching up stuff crazily and doing it terribly, then we're going to be like, what are they trying to do? Why don't you just do what you know works? And I feel like that's kind of what they're doing right now. They're afraid that anything new that they're doing isn't working, so they fall back onto the stuff that's worked in the past, and it's very predictable. It's yeah. it, it, it's very it's a very complex issue. And then you throw into the fact, you know, an article that's going to run actually here on Thursday in about 25 minutes, uh, written by Shannon White from Behind the Steel Curtain. It's about Ben Roethlisberger's arm. And it's a really good article, and he's 100% right. It, and I said this on my Let's Ride podcast as well. Do I think there's something structurally wrong with Ben Roethlisberger's elbow? No. Do I think his arm is fatigued? Yeah. And Shannon really illustrates as well when he talks about how the lower body, that he does probably have some issues with his knees. It's not to the point where he can't play, uh, but it, you, anyone that's ever dealt with any type of thrower, I'm talking about like a pitcher in baseball or obviously a football uh, quarterback or a shot putter like yeah, Dave. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> I got you no know, shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> you know that the lower body generates the power for the upper body. 
a pitcher that can't drive off the mound is a pitcher that's not going to throw the ball very hard. Yeah. So th- th- it all equates in Ben's issues physically are limiting the Steelers, what they can do offensively from a schematic standpoint too. So that's why this game, in my opinion, is huge. Yeah. It's huge because if they can win, it means they could you know, have some options in week 17, but I want to get to the super chat real quick. Melvin, our boy, Melvin, Melvin. gives us $10 as Merry Christmas guys. My football wish for Christmas is an O line that can run block and give Ben time wishing all wishing all of Steeler nation. Happy holidays. I miss talking to you guys. That was so much fun. He's talking about the old school blog talk radio days. Melvin was one of the loyal callers that would call in and talk to us about the Steelers. I miss those days a lot too, Melvin. Thank you for the tip. We appreciate we it. We don't miss the sound quality. No, not at all. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I wonder like if I probably be, did at the beginning of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if it would be better with our microphones, but probably not. Probably not. Maybe blog talk radio got better, but I'm not, I'm not aware of it if it did. Uh, Dave Shipley gives us $5. He says, Merry Christmas. All, all I want for Christmas is points on the opening drive, 10 points in two years. Uh, sad. It no, is sad. It, it's more than that. They have, they have 13 this year. Really? Yeah. I know they scored a touchdown against Tennessee. That's the last time they scored in an opening drive. They had six points last year and 13 this year, which means no, they haven't hit, they haven't hit, you know, we talk about they haven't hit 20 points in, yeah. in, in four games. They haven't hit a total of 20 points on an opening drive in two seasons. The rule total. of 20. That's what I call it. The rule of 20. Yeah. So, and that, that actually stems from as a coach. I was a lacrosse coach. I used to tell my team, it's a rule of 10. Keep a team off 10, score 10, you got to win. And that's what, so I just changed it to football for 20. I mean, yeah. that's what they should do. All right. Dave, let's go over the injury report real quick. And I know that it's early on Thursday, so we haven't even gotten the Thursday report yet. We apologize for that. But at the same time, understand that it is Christmas Eve. We both have families. We're not going to be doing the show later. So this is just the Wednesday report. Take it with a grain of salt, but let's talk about this, Dave. What's going on? Okay. I'm, I'm what a, I think I have it from memory, but I am pulling it up just in case to remember. I went with this as the headline of my article. Um, and that was because this is what a lot of people were curious. Was Ben going to sit out on Wednesday like he normally does? And I was 99.9% certain that that was going to be the case. And he did. Because, first of all, they played Monday night. So you know they weren't going to turn around and have Ben practice, you know, not even 48 hours later. So there was three players kept out, not due to injury, which was Ben Roethlisberger, Marquise Pouncey, and David DeCastro. Um, a lot of people are wondering how injured is DeCastro because there's parts of his game where he doesn't seem the same, but there are parts of his game where he's coming through where people don't realize it as well. But now let's let's look at some positives. You had full participation from James Conner. Yeah. Surprisingly, Derek Watt. That, I he I, would be I, I, well, no, he's not in the protocol. So okay. that they're telling me that, that, that he can't be in the protocol. There's no way, Dave. You know this. Because limited is where you start off in the protocol. Not even limited. He wouldn't be practicing right now if he was no, in the no, protocol. No, no, no. What as you move through the protocol, I mean, yeah, can you technically you, protocol, you technically could be quote unquote labeled as limited, yeah. but ultimately if and that that was a vicious that was a vicious collision. And he was visibly dazed. So unless they said we went through all the protocol. We did all the screenings. He's not, he has no symptoms. He's, he doesn't have a concussion. In which case, why is he labeled as having a concussion on the injury report? To me, this, I feel like this is a mistake. <laughs> when I was doing my injury report podcast, not to interrupt you, but I was like, oh, that's fine. 
I kept on thinking maybe this is a, a typo. They've made mistakes yeah. before. Maybe he they never corrected it. They didn't correct it. No, but I mean, it's great news. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's great news that Watt, because of, like I said, he it was does a vicious. fantastic job standing on the sidelines when the offense is on the field. <laughs> He's a good special teams guy, but, but still it's one of the situations where I was like, man, this is, this is great. Anyways, go well, ahead. And honestly, as we know, not all his head injuries are the same. He could have been knocked out from that play, but where he hit on his head, the biggest part you have with the concussion is which part of your ba- brain is bruised. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. if he if he was really was hitting more from the crown of his head, and you're talking more because it's always the opposite side. That's what because you know your your brain floating in liquid. It's it's because yeah. it stops and it bumps the other side. Is you know if you hit the front of your head, the problem with your head is in the back of your head because of. I could bust wow, it all. Are kinds we going to go into like the? Are we going to get into brain. like the the motor strip of the brain? I mean, how far are we getting into this, David? We're going like straight up. You know, this yeah. is like my my college days when I had to take all these science classes for my degree. This is are we going there? <laughs> no, we don't have to. I'm just saying. I'm just reminding people. We're like that's how it goes. The the the, the most common place to get a concussion is either right in the front or right in the back. And then it's the other way. If he hit more up here, it might've not been to a level. I don't know. That's a whole big thing we could get into. Uh, and of course, that's my brother. Busting in the <laughs> uh, stop being a nerd. So let's stop being a nerd. And let's talk about the best part of this injury report. The highlight. Kevin Dotson, full participant. Yes. Great news. Yes. Great news, because if he can come back, the Steelers don't have to have a left guard by committee. I've never even heard of that. You know, running back by committee. Let's just do running back by committee. Like no one's ever heard of left guard by committee. Dude, <laughs> the Steelers are going to deploy a left guard by committee this weekend. This I, I will tell you this. I was a part of a team. This was pre-high school. This was this was youth league football. You're you comparing don't have an team. NFL team to a, a youth league. No, no, well, I, no. <laughs> this is just to, to let you know how it's kind of silly. This okay. <laughs> you have to send in in high school and everything. You have to send in the plays with another player. You yeah. don't have radio stuff. You know, I towards you know my last year, two years coaching. You know, we had the wristband. So because the player kept messing up the play on the way in, I'm like, why are they not running the right play? He couldn't remember what I told him. So I would just say, tell him to run play 17, you know, and then he'd look it up on the thing and they had the big thing. That was easier to do. Yeah. But when I, I was on the team one time. Usually it's wide receivers is who, you, who you're rotating in because they're towards the sideline. And you want to generally run it with the receiver that's on that side of the formation. No joke. They they weren't sure who to start at one offensive lineman. They they ran the plays in with an <laughs> offensive lineman. <laughs> It was crazy. Uh, so it's not. It's oh, not yeah, I've never seen it before, but not in the NFL. To, when to this, when, you know, what this reminds me of when you were explaining that. When I I grew up playing flag football, uh-huh. okay, because when I was in my area, they didn't have youth like Pop Warner. It was flag football, mm-hmm. like that's everyone did. My dad was our coach. He had index cards that were laminated, and it actually had the play drawn up on it. And he would send it in with a receiver, and we'd literally be in the huddle, and you see all these little kids, and the quarterback would hold the play out, and everyone would see what do I do in this play, and they would look. <laughs> You do know that that's what I did for part of my time when I first started coaching high school because that's how you run a scout offense. You draw up the plays. Yeah, on, on, this wasn't a scout coaching. offense. I would, stand in, I would stand in front of the huddle. I would hold up the play. Everyone would look at what they were supposed to do. I'd say, all right, go do it. There you so, go. So, yeah. Well, continue was, with the injury report. Yeah, injury report. I'm sorry. That was just fun <laughs> talking. Okay. So then uh, there was five players that did not play due to injury. You had Marcus Allen. Did not practice because of his stinger. He'll play. 
yes, because he didn't even miss a play during the game. Yeah. Because of the way the way the right. quarter ended. So that was probably more from he was his shoulder was sore after a Monday night game. Yeah. I would not I wouldn't I'd be shocked if he was not practicing today. I agree 100%. Then you had Ulysses Gilbert with an ankle. We know that happened throughout Good the play. game. He was going to come in for Marcus Allen, but then Marcus Allen was able to come back in. Then you also had let me double check. You have Ola Denier with a shoulder. Mm-hmm. You have Eric Ebron with the with the back. We knew about that. Mm-hmm. Got to definitely see what what happens with him, because um, it would be nice to have more than one tight end on the roster for the game. Because well, that's all they, they have. Like Kevin Raider, Kevin Raider, he could Kevin, be promoted. Yeah, they could bring him up from the practice squad. Um, and then the one that was probably the most surprising and concerning because we didn't know anything about it was Stefan Tuit mispractice with a back. Yeah. Now. Tuit was one of those guys that hadn't necessarily been practicing the first day of the week anyway. So it might have been that it was as much not injury related as it would have been for Pouncier to Castro, but he was dealing with a little something. So that's how they listed it. That's what I hope because I hope that it's not that, um, that that's going to be something that's going to linger and cost him any kind of time for week 16. Yeah. John Knox gave us $2 and this was his statement afterwards. He said, Tomlin's sketchy injury reports. Not the first time I wouldn't say it's sketchy. Like Bill Belichick sketchy. I think they just cover their bases. So you talk about someone like, like to it, if his back is a little bit sore and you're going to give him a day off anyways, you put it as a back. And that way the NFL can't come back at you and say, Oh, this player was not labeled as such. It, it, I think it's just covering their bases. How, how many straight weeks was Tom Brady on the on the oh injury report? Gosh. That's they're the reason why this whole situation is like it is. It's yeah. because of the Patriots. Yep. Snowman gives us five dollars. His Merry Christmas, Big Bro. This is obviously to Rich, who's in the live chat. Thanks for the tip, Snowman. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. Okay, so that's going to wrap up part one. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, we're not going anywhere. If you're on the audio side, you're going to have to hop over to part two, where we're going to talk about everything from X factors, predictions, little trivia, and of course, we're going to talk about Christmas. Come on. So if you're on YouTube or Facebook, stay tuned. We're not going anywhere. Part two, we'll be right back after this break. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. 
perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.